<laughs> look at that. Pro. Super pro. We're still recording? Yeah, we're recording. We're still recording. That was a nice intro. We call that portion section of the podcast moving. We just took all the podcast gear, mobile, out from the roastery, which construction is happening in currently. It's super loud, super wild, super obnoxious, but we're getting closer. And we're sitting behind an electrical box, and Jared's got his back to another big wall of storage, just kind of in a planter. Sitting right next to the poison, on, poison box for the rat killing. We're on top of wood chips, and there's probably a bunch of dog shit everywhere, and we're just doing it. I'm going to put my hood on and get a base tan. I want to take us Should to the sidewalk. Some... I feel like we're about having a backyard barbecue. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> well, here. Here. Here's this. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no doubt. For me. Yeah. I should wear my sunglasses. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? That's one guy's name is Marvin Gaye. <laughs> As owners, you have a unique position outside the rest of the company's day-to-day, and each of you have grown into your own specialized areas of focus. Areas of the company that align with your gifts and passions and have committed to doing the work that helps the rest of the organization grow and level up. Not that you'd do anything other than that, but whatever. And then we have what I'm feeling like are mirror images of each other. Chris, what's Jared working on? How does it help? How do you work separately but also together? I'm assuming yours says, Jared, what's Chris working on? Yeah, how does it help and how do you work separately but also together? And on the back of the card, this card might suck. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) This card doesn't suck. What is the question again? How do we live life one day at a time? How do we live to the fullest but <laughs> also stay grounded in reality? How do we get turnt but also stay dialed? How do we crank it up to 11 but also have a nice even disposition? I am still learning that, everybody. How is everybody. it pura vida <laughs> but also not the most pure life? I'm looking to have very good pura vida. I want some imperial ice and some Ripper lime juice, because that's how they do a Michelada with salt down there. That sounds good. <clears throat> As owners. A couple Chivalas. Oh, yeah, dude. Hit me up, dude. A little Tonyo. <laughs> Shout out Nicaragua, if you're listening. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Nicaragua, you out there? Nicaragua, holler up, dude. Good morning, Vietnam. Good yeah. afternoon, Nicaragua. Who's out there? Just ready to listen to us spout shit. The Nick. We've tried a few different things with our roles. It's been an evolution over time, honestly. We continue to evolve, I believe. Yeah, I think we're just in the middle of another one, it seems like, with the stuff that we're doing right now. 100%. We are in deep work, the three owners. Um, looking at how we how we utilize this idea, not only as the three of us, but honestly, cross-company cross and our executive upper leadership team as well. It's a yeah. complex question. It is. I mean, we could we could give a little background. So when we first started, one of the truths of owning a business and building it from the ground up is that everybody does a little bit of everything. And we did have some some specialties. So you have even though we both worked in cafes for right forever. I've only managed a cafe for, you know, like three months and then I quit because I said, this isn't the job I really want to do. Yeah. You have a lot more experience in what does it look like to manage a retail space day to day? Yeah. Like I was never a team leader or a manager in that capacity. Yeah. And then on the flip side, when we started, I had more experience roasting coffee 
and on the sales side of things. So that was a nice, easy split. I also lived right around the corner from the cafe. Yeah. So it made it easier to go back after hours and roast some extra coffee. Yeah. Which was nice because if you've seen our first space or ever been there, it is so small. Like Very little. Really, really small. Like the tiniest roastery. And Literally like a 250 square foot roastery. Yeah. It was hard to do. It was hard to do everything there. Yeah. But, um, and then Charles, who's not on the podcast often, but third owner, he's got a financial background. So it was an easy play for him. He's also the only one who's, you know, he's never done any cafe work. Chuck, you got to get your barista chops up, dog. Get behind the bar. But, like, within that matrix, we all did, you know, we were all in the cafe every day. We were all bagging coffee. We were all writing invoices. We were all doing little bits of stuff even charles in the cafe he would come in and wash dishes yeah and there's really you know it's it's funny this idea of working within your strengths and when you're starting a business i feel like that's something that you really have to earn Mm. you kind of you have to put in the time to allow you to be able to disconnect enough from the day-to-day and say like cool i'm really going to focus here because until things are going it's like you just we're doing what we have to do. Absolutely. It's like the cafe doesn't work if we're not in there. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. Got I'd say I'd say also at the beginning, I think it's a little bit easier to see how the work kind of allows you to connect to your strengths where like for me I think it's it's actually become harder the bigger we get to lean into specifically only strengths in the, in the work that I do. And that that's where a little bit of the art of the conversation that we've let off here is coming into play is like, where do our roles sit so that we can lean into those things. But when you're, when you're first starting and you have to touch everything, it almost becomes fun in a game where you're able to connect like your true passions of how you do your work to what's going on. Right. And so, and because there's no, there's no other path you, I found myself, finding this interesting mix, even if I was really overtired to where I could always find a way to connect to kind of like the core things that I really enjoy conversing about or, or talking about coaching into whatever the, the, the word you might choose. I, I found my ability to do that and still do this, the work that was necessary a lot more than as we grew, grew uh, to where mm. there was specific need for me based on, experience to help with things i see what you're saying you know it's almost like because you have this very direct connection to the work it's there's no fuzziness yeah so you're able to like tie those through lines to the things that really really matter and for i think a lot of how you and i work there's a lot of there's a lot of power and inspiration and activation and then just uh energy in making sure that there's a lot of connections to our whys or to how these things how these things work and why why they matter. Mm, yeah, I totally I totally get that. Like for me, I was almost feeling not necessarily the opposite, but it was more. How do I say this? Some of the things I did were much less energizing for me than I wanted them to be. Yeah, uh, roasting coffee, for example, even though I had done it before i never thought that i was gonna do that it was never like oh i'm gonna be a coffee roaster and this is my zone it was more 
well, I had started something earlier that didn't work out, and a huge portion of that was roasting coffee. Right. And then part of it was just curiosity. Mm. Because back in the day, there was a huge gap between roasters and baristas. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different tangent, but I was always curious as a barista as why things were the way they were. And right. most roasters of that era were just like, hey, deal with it. This is what you got. Don't worry about it. You don't understand this. Yeah, there was a huge gap. And I always thought that was bullshit, that if we worked together, we'd be able to make better tasting coffee for yep. everybody. So, Which is very true. Which is true, There's for no, sure. Yeah, that was definitely, that's been, it's been proven, I think, a little bit now. I I mean, you-, you At least ha- here it is. I, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I never really loved the job of roasting coffee. Right. Profiling coffees is fun. But it is I, fun. I'm not a roastery worker by, by any stretch of the imagination. So uh-huh. those times, it was more- not connected with what I want to do, but more of something that I had to do to get to where I know we yep. needed to be as a company. We had a need and someone has to fill that need. The cafe was really energizing for me. Yeah. For sure. But like I talked about in the other episode, there's also this aspect of, okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to actively transition my life. Like I want to earn the ability to do different and new things yeah after i've been a barista for 20 years so it's uh-huh. it's like this catch 22 where when we just started like i could see the positive impact of my work immediately right you know there's a direct connection to the craft and, and you can to see the where we're going experience. as well right if i do this this is where we're going right it's like a plus b equals c yeah and now it's more of you see the big picture and you're really pouring into other individuals who then have that connection that we used to have so there's there's it's just different Mm -hmm. it is different yeah i mean i think the thing that feels like one of our it's kind of maybe always been a challenge but it's one of our challenges now in the context of coming out right of a pandemic and and coming from stripping our business down from what it was and how we you know we had pretty clear for the most part views and execution on so many different things to stripping it down to almost none of that and then building it back up i think what feels like an interesting struggle now is almost the same thing as when we started the business is by default the amount of experience and ability to kind of solve problems in a in a relatively quick way it doesn't technically fall on you and i and charles but at the same time we're the only ones in the most in most of these cases who have seen and done any of the work required for us to move on to this next phase again. So in in a lot of ways my I'd call I guess I would actually just honestly call it like one of the stress, most stressful things is that feeling of like how do you as an individual or three individuals, you know, translate this stuff really well? to a group of 70 to 80 human individuals while fully recognizing that some of that work does not at all give you energy by any means. In fact, it zaps it from you. And there, there's that's not to say that it's not worth doing. And it's also not to say that there's not opportunities to utilize and delegate and, and collaborate with your team. But there is a lot of current work getting done that needs to get done where zero people on our team have seen any form of that kind of work with the exception of you, my Charles and myself. And that that's kind of something, I guess what you said at the beginning of this podcast, that we're working our way into how we integrate and how we communicate and how we do this work, this next level of work. Yeah. Cause it's almost, and you said it just 
pretty perfectly. It almost feels like we're back exactly where we were. Not in the scope of the company, because obviously the no, company's, company's grown by brushing. leaps and bounds. Right. It's amazing. But I talk to Mark about this a lot, and he's, you know, we'll we'll kick the ball back and forth. And whenever we fuck something up, I'm always saying, we should have known. I messed this up. I'm sorry. This This isn't right. how it was supposed to go. I should know better, you know? And he's kind of like, yeah, I... I respect your taking ownership but there's some things that you just won't know until you do them right so you guys are at whoop whoop that's the sound of the police <laughs> let them know um the size that we're at now give it to me an inch we're we're big <laughs> We're bigger than the companies that we were working for at the time. So although we have a lot of experience, we're kind of breaking new ground for our own. Um, we've never managed anything at this scale. Yeah. So where I'm like, we should know better. He's like, well, you're just learning too. You've actually never done this before. Yeah. And the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. But it's it's like we're back to that square one to where, okay, we're going to have to do things that we don't want to do mm-hmm. to earn the ability to live in a place where we want to live. And yeah. the reason we didn't do that earlier, despite our best efforts, is that we just couldn't see the whole picture because we didn't have the experience. So right. obviously you would think that, okay, six years in, we could have figured that out. But really the past six years have been a lot of trial and error. Yeah, absolutely. And you try way more things than end up working really well. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you to where I am feeling it's a lot of different things at the same time. Like There's a end, lot of different things at the same time. On one end, it is it is kind of frustrating because I do feel like, man, we should have this all buttoned up by now. That's annoying. And then, like, actually, how should we? Uh, yeah. And then on the other end, I'm also – it's kind of fun. And mm-hmm. it's also a little – like, I don't want to go in and do these ground up systematic changes. It just doesn't, uh, I just don't want to do it. Yeah. It, is a it lot feels of like a slog, even though yeah. it probably won't be nearly and it, as hard as it was at the same time. It does feel heavy. It feels heavy because it's at greater scale. So there's all of that is going on. So our, our job is really to take that past six years lean into what we've learned and set ourselves up to be able to go forward in a super super rad way and yeah i that doesn't really answer the core question but i don't think it matters you know it's like um yeah i don't yeah i don't i mean i think we can get into answering that question more but what i think i have figured out and i have a lot more empathy and grace for is all of those business owners who wanted to do something bigger who found their way to a place where they kind of felt, and I actually don't feel like you and I feel lost per se, but I can absolutely see how people get to that level where they're like, man, I'm kind of lost and I don't really know how to engage with this thing. Because we've mentioned this on a lot of different episodes as well. You know, without without that drive, the the care, the real belief that you are moving towards something bigger it can be extremely challenging and frustrating to go from doing something that you know and can ex- and can excel at really really well we knew like i mean take it from going from the one cafe plus we knew how to roast coffee really well so it, it, you're touching that part all the time 
and I'm touching it a little. And then cafe side, I'm touching that a lot. You're touching that a little. Chuck is making sure the, the numbers are going well. We're doing all the stuff that we've been practicing for the major tenure of our careers. And we're taking everything that we've learned and we're leveling up that experience. And we get some notoriety from it. It's going really well. And then you start taking it to higher levels. You replace yourself. You get people doing the jobs that you used to do. And you find yourself going, I'm still impactful, but how do I impact impact uh, people, this business, growing it, providing jobs for you know yourself to continue to improve so you can live in this town both monetarily and physically, but also the people who work with you. And that, that becomes a challenge because... You know, we're saying it pretty directly. We've never done that, but we had never done that before over and over again. And so I can see all these business owners getting to a place where if you are kind of an owner operator in some capacity that you find yourself really stuck in this gray area of like, how do I engage? And I, how do I even lead this thing forward? And I'd say the thing that I'm proud of us for is that we're willing to, and we kind of always take work home with us in this way where it's like we're thinking about the bigger picture and how the things are connecting we're looking at what's maybe missing or what could be better and even if we are right now again at this restarting point we are also at a place where we can establish what we'd like to do and start start kind of like knocking whatever pins over taking taking stabs at different things that haven't ever kind of landed fully and I think, I think there's a difference, and I think I'm, I'm proud of us for being those, those kind of business owners where it's like we're not just going to run away per se and like hire a bunch of people to come fix it for us. We're going we're gonna to be like a part of this problem solving. And we haven't figured out how to do that quite yet. But I do also know that we're very, very capable and are in the process. And because of that, something good will come of it. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's – But like right now, I got I to gotta like respond to a text to a, a team leader who has, you know, had COVID and – like I'm in a recording a podcast, but I'm, you know, we're like managing. Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah. I was talking to, I don't know who, Oh, Jenny's family came into town and they're always curious about what's going on with the day to day. And I was like, somehow I'm really interested in the, in the human resources aspect of the business in terms of Human resources seems like what it could be once you get past all the legalities of mm -hmm. the you know stuff that you just absolutely have to do to be in compliance. You have this cool opportunity to be this cultural stakeholder for the business because everything funnels through there in some way, shape, or form. That's where people go to their interviews. That's how people get onboarded. That's how people get put in through you know orientation and training. They check up. You know they're building the review schedule. All those things. Yeah. So when we were kind of divvying up responsibilities at the end of the year, because we'd been kind of co-leading ineffectively, so we're like, okay, cool. Maybe if people had a more direct line to leadership, let's chop it up. So I was like, all right, um, marketing's a no-brainer for me partner program feels like a no-brainer as well and hr which doesn't really exist there's this you know this gap right now uh because we had a full-time person and now we don't that feels like there's potential there you know you're like cool leadership which is a big lift because there's multiple cafes it's not just one and the roastery chuck's clearly financials green coffee and we had a 
person who is filling in the recruiting for us in in the HR zone, and then there's this weird overlap where there's nobody there. So I was like, honestly, I've been looking at resumes in this inbox. I've been calling people on the phone. I've been setting up people for orientation and looking at the schedule. And they're like, how is that? I was like, I absolutely hate it. It's the worst thing ever. Interviewing, you know, we interviewed for what's going to ultimately fill that position. That is really awesome. Yeah, that was fun. That was super exciting. I enjoyed it as well. Specifically interviewing people who've been working here for a while. Uh-huh. I like that way more than interviewing brand new hires because you can kind of get a gauge on the impact that you've that you've had and what they're getting out of working here. And that feels really, really really rewarding yeah and i was i think i hit you up because i was having this day where all of the all of the signals were mixed where you know we have these meetings me you and charles and it's easy to see everything that's going wrong and then some of the leadership can fall into that trap too where if you're in the higher you get, it almost feels like there's this perpetuating negative feedback loop to where it's right. like, we need to fix this. We need to fix that. Everything's on fire. Oh my God, the sky is falling. And we really just had one of those there. meetings the yeah. day before. And then that Eater SF article popped up the next day. And I sent it to you guys. I'm like, hey, we're, you know, the best coffee in Santa Cruz, according to Eater, like the chosen one. And then I had interviews later that day and I listened to all these people and they're talking about how they're growing. Yeah. And, and I was like, wow, they're I'm really getting a engaged. lot of mixed signals here, you know, left to our own devices, everything's dying. And, but everybody's telling me, wow, this is impacting me in a very real way. So that, that's cool. That was a little bit of a tangent, but you know, going back to this cool, this core thing needs to get done. It's not exciting for me at all. I mm. do not want to follow an SOP of putting people in a spreadsheet and sending out emails for people's week one schedule, but they just got to do it. Yeah. You know, I don't, that to me doesn't feel exciting at all about HR, but it's like, all right, cool. We have to build towards this thing. Yeah. And part of that is mucking through the swamp and figuring out how to get out on the other side. Mm. Yeah. So then it's like, then you like try to take this question, right? That he puts on the, the, the our friend Mitch Weiser puts on the card. That's not the card. I dropped it over here. Michelle. Michelle Weiser. Michelle Weiser. Outside of the rest of the company's day to day. I mean, the three of us play. I don't know if we'd play specific roles per se. I think that we we. If you're talking about Charles, Chris, and myself in this context, right? I'd say. Chris and I both ask like really I mean Charles is I feel like Charles goes a little more operational and he helps us synthesize things we both synthesize but Charles is really good at helping synthesize stuff so are you we go from like big picture ideas and then I come up with random ass a million different ideas of how it could work and then you and I kind of bounce those back and forth right and yeah, I mean it's I mean like, we definitely have specialties. To, yeah. Like for sure. It's like even yeah. on the one and ones, you know, it's like I'm meeting with Mark and Weiser every week in a pretty deep way. We just got done with our Q one wrap up and looking like, cool, what were the goals? What was the impact of mm-hmm. those goals? And that's really that is super rewarding in terms of well, I'm really lucky because I have two people who are professionals at what they do Mm. and that's an interesting world to be in yeah because it's a lot different than 
the maybe retail world where the people that a retail team leader are work are working with those people they're more green overall yeah absolutely like they're newer to the organization they're maybe new to coffee they've maybe mm-hmm. never had a job where anybody holds them accountable and compared to that working with michael is it's just a completely different ball game yeah sure you know he's been doing what he's been doing even if it's not in our industry for a long time yeah. and gessler is you know in in terms of working with us you could say he's newer to that wholesale portion but he's still been doing it for years here mm-hmm. so our our meetings are a lot different to where we're looking at okay cool on a base level if i left and didn't talk to you guys at all we would kind of keep doing what we were doing yeah and that would more or less work mm-hmm. there wouldn't necessarily be any growth in it but it would you know i wouldn't have to have a panic attack yeah you know absolutely and so my big role there is to kind of disconnect enough to see what might be possible or see things that they don't see because they might be really engaged in the day to day. So what does it look like to take these things and do something new, interesting and different? That yeah. feels really rewarding for me, especially yeah. when we're going back and looking at, okay, what did we accomplish this quarter? And we can see the wins. Right. right? That's where you have that delayed gratification that you didn't have to do when we first opened because you're the one who's directly doing the things. Yeah. Whereas in, you know, I was watching Herman train someone in the cafe yesterday. It was their first day. I came in for coffee and they're learning how to do everything. And I was like, wow, our jobs are so different. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of overlap, but you're starting from just this like, like completely different place, completely different place. Yeah. And they're doing all, you're doing that over and over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. it's part of their job is that. And then part of it is more um, higher level leadership stuff. But it's just, it's so interesting how the different departments work. Here's the thing, everybody. We don't have to show off and say that we make house syrups by ourselves, okay? Some of you might be good at making syrups, but not all of us are good at making syrups. And you know why? Because that's not the point of our jobs. We have people who could help us with that. And so we at Cat and Cloud use Holy Cacao. They are amazing, not only at chocolate syrups, but at all the other amazing flavored syrups, vanillas, you got Demerara sugar syrup. That one's actually pretty banger and many, many more. So do yourself a favor, reach on out, Shout out Wyatt, the owner. You know you love it. Check him out at holycacao.com. Hey, are you looking for coffee? Because let me tell you, we've got it. Maybe you're looking for a coffee that's perfect no matter the preparation. Well, then you should check out the answer. It's our do-it-all coffee that's right for any occasion, be it espresso or drip. The answer is always going to have what you want. Or if you're looking to explore a little further, check out our single origin coffees. A personal favorite of mine is our Kircha, a naturally processed coffee from Ethiopia. Not only is it amazing to drink, it's also the secret ingredient in my chocolate chip cookies. We have new single origins coming on the menu all the time, so there's always something new to experience. Just head to catandcloud.com and find something for you to brew today. Yeah, I mean, that's where... That's where we're trying to solve some of those problems slash, you know, address the opportunities. <laughs> I think what, where I, like my expertise will come into play is, you know, I, we've got a pretty, pretty big laundry list of, of things that I'd maybe either call bottlenecks or just opportunities to ensure that we have like systems and clarity. And it's like, we, 
I have the ability to see a lot of those. And then the next level comes down to what we're working towards, which is allocating training resources and the ability to, to, to both synthesize and teach those things to everybody so that we can essentially just like step into this new place where this is how we do A, B, C, D, E, and F. And we have a fair amount of those things, but then I'd say one of the things that I've been able to do is look at the overarching retail experience and look at all of our operations and training and see where some of those gaps are and those opportunities. And so being able to identify those things has been a lot of fun for the work, for my work, and being able to, to kind of discern which would be the most impactful to start is key. Then there's the challenging part and where we're going to need to, we're looking to overlap and figure out as a team, which is how do we create and integrate this stuff and allocate the right amount of energy so that it doesn't all have to come from like a, a Herman or a team leader at a store or somehow, you know, Jared or Jared and just those people, you know, through 50, 60 team members in, in such a way, you know, something new like that, it kind of takes a ball of energy and a force for it to land. It can't just be a couple individuals in a company um, being loud per se. It doesn't, it's impossible for it to land because you don't have enough touch base. Same thing we've said about you and myself. It's like we physically, you and I can't make all the changes we'd like to make happen as the two of us. And even with Charles, because we physically can't connect with everybody enough for anything to sink in. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's a, it's a definite, it's a definite area where we're leaning into right now is how are we going to manage that change and that integration? Bad guys coming? I thought it was bad guys, but it was just a plant being drug across the ground. Yeah. It sounded like fender to fender, but it wasn't. It's fender to fender. It's fender to fender. But this is this Can't is one of those places it. though where because of my expertise expertise my expertise expert in I physically am. being in that space. You'd say you're a physical expert. I'm physically <laughs> I've physically been there more than anybody else now that it's a little bit of a requirement for me to lean into those areas, even though there's some of that that's like pretty challenging. It's pretty challenging. Period. <laughs> what are you like terrified of, or what? What's the most annoying thing to you about the mountain in front of you right now? It's being able to see things pretty clearly, being able to see how they affect everything very clearly, and not having the energy to to to, to take explaining it, coming up with it, and then integrating it. It it feels like way too overwhelming for me to feel like I'd be in charge of making sure it all integrates across all of those pathways. Um, I feel like I get a ton of energy being able to connect, you know, interviews a great way of is a great uh, medium, but so is just like team leader meetings, right? If we're having meetings and we're talking about these concepts, even if in those meetings, we're kind of going through how it looks, having good conversation, I, I can feel that growth. But if I were to have to take all that growth or all those ideas that are, that are kind of sinking in, how they work, how they look, and physically stand beside the team and make sure that it's being taught well to the, everybody who works for them, that feels just like absolutely like my worst nightmare. It's just, it's overwhelming for me. Yeah. Because what I do is I see, I, it's a, absolutely a blessing and a curse, and this is, I think, where you need to find the right place for you to sit. I see all the details, so if I see all the details in a cafe, it's too big of a laundry list at times and I get overwhelmed by it. But if we can separate me a little bit and I can say, you know, like, here's, 
here are the here's all that I see, but here's kind of the most important things. If I don't feel like I have to go in and assess all of those details, it's I wouldn't call it safer. I think it's more it's more effective. It's more I'm more able to prioritize. But when I'm in the cafe and I see it all, it just becomes the way my brain works is it's like I see every individual and I make the list of all the things that the individuals are doing. And then all of a sudden I have too much going on for me to yeah. mentally manage. And that's just how my brain works. It's a pretty not everybody's brain move. works. Yeah. 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 And not everybody's brain works that way. Certain people are absolutely great at compartmentalizing and seeing that part through. And that's those are the kind of people I need to be able to work with. Yeah. Yeah. So balancing your strength with someone else's. Yeah. Like creating this complete package. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is really, I mean, in some way, that's what employees are for. You know, employees absolutely. are this really cool force multiplier they allow you to do things that you couldn't do without them you know yes. they're, they're super essential and um because of that you also get to do things that you wouldn't be able to do without like it's without like they, they get to do things what am i trying to say you get to do things you couldn't do without them and they get opportunities that wouldn't be happening without you right right so where it's like this there is leadership, but it's also this symbiotic relationship that I'd like to think that, be, like, if you have a boss who's intentional, your work life is much more interesting and better because of it. Yeah. You I mean, know? that's why this company exists, right? right? It's like, like you can do the same amount of quote unquote work and have a much better time, right. learn a lot more, and come home and point to something and say, like, this is what we're doing. And mm-hmm. that feels really good. Yes, I'm super tired, but I'm I'm pretty psyched. Yeah, there's you know? there's a sustainable energy in that in that symbiotic relationship for sure. It becomes it becomes fun, right? And then you know what you're working for. And yeah, you might have a tired week, but then on the other side of it, you're like, oh, I just had a week where I'm fully energized and I can't wait to get back. Yeah, man, it's a it's a tr- it's oh, uh... that's our challenge right now, right? It's like you can see that, and you can see how we can make that, and yet we're kind of in the middle of creating the next level yeah (laughs) (laughs) what happens in your brain when you're sitting there thinking about all this stuff i often think about um well i was just right now thinking about base camp because that's our you know that's what we use to manage the company it's our project management software and the base camp people have written a bunch of books and there's a few different books on leadership or workplace practices all of which are well and good done by you know tech forward people and it's always interesting to absorb information from people who don't necessarily have a physical presence Mm -hmm. or maybe they have a small core office but 90 percent of their workforce is remote and sometimes I think that's the coolest thing ever. And then sometimes I think that would be the most annoying thing ever because there's something rad about having a, a sense of place. Like I love having a cafe sense of place is good. Yeah. that we can come to. It, it makes everything really, really tangible. It's, I mean, it obviously benefits the other aspects of the business, you know, wholesale specifically. Um, if you can say, hey, this is what we do and it works. Come check it out experience it even if you're not here you can you know see photos and videos of this is what we've created this is how it feels and you get really awesome face-to-face feedback someone told me this morning like it was it was rad is like i went to dune and apparently there's some connection 
And I was like, oh, yeah, we started a roasting out of there before we were a company. And he's like, you guys are setting the bar for what it means to be a coffee shop. I travel all over for work, and I mm. go I go everywhere, and I try to find the best coffee. And this was the closest, but you guys are still the best, and I just wanted to say you guys are doing a great job. Wow. And I was like, wow. And that was you know two hours ago that happened. That's great. And that would never happen if we were you know just a roasting company or mm-hmm. fully remote thing. And I'm like, that's amazing. And then sometimes I feel the flip side of that, which is, there's just so many people. Mm. There's so much overhead. There's rent. There's, yeah. you know, this cost of goods, this thing. I So I went down, you know, we were talking about it. I flew down to L.A. to buy an old car. And the guy I bought it from was super cool. He was uh, He works for a tech company in sales. And he's like, yeah, we grew our little arm. I'd been with the company for a while. We opened up the company. And we grew from nothing to now we're doing $238 million in, you know, AR every yada yada. I can't remember the metric. Just some astronomical number. Just huge. And I was like, wow, that must feel really rewarding. He's like, yeah. And he also has a passion project where he's starting a pickleball company. Nice. People love that pickleball right now. And he's just tripping on it. He's like, man. I was like, how's that going? He's like, it's it's really hard. I've never had to manage physical product. It's like, Mm. I have to take on this product, you know, and that's money out. And I'm trying to build the brand sell through is just relatively slow right now. He's like, and I'm just sitting on a cash loss and it's not even that big. So on one end his job, you know, he's managing like hundreds of millions of dollars and, but all of it's, it's, you know, it's software. It's yeah. virtual product. Right. You know, he's, he's not interacting yeah, with anything that's time. physical, yeah, and totally. he's not actually responsible for spending whatever they need to get the infrastructure. Yeah. And now he's he's like, dude, I just spent $30,000 on inventory, and I, it's not here yet, and I'm waiting on this, and this was wrong with this round of paddles and stuff, and you know, this was happening, and I'm trying to improve this, and he's just tripping, and I'm like, yeah, man, the physical space is, it's wild. Yeah. And that's, not to discount what he's doing, but that's small compared to, you know, a cafe where we yeah. have just a ton of money out at any given time. People can't work from wherever. Mm-hmm. You, it's have it's, to be here. Yeah, it's an interesting ball game. So sometimes I'm thinking like, man, it'd be really cool to not have any of that. Sure. Because there's some sort of freedom in that. And then there's so much beauty in the expression. Yeah. Right? And then in so, and then other days when so everything's like going right, feel I'm like, the expression. I would, there's no way I could do the work if it wasn't connected to a physical place. Yeah. Like that's just, it wouldn't even be cool to me. Yeah. Because I don't really love virtual things. I like being somewhere, even if I'm not talking to anybody. Yeah. Like, cause the cafe, sometimes I feel really social. Sometimes I just want to go there, not talk to anybody and read a book, but I still want to be in a place where people are and things are happening that's really important to me so i think yeah i'm like if i'm thinking about like one of my like maybe my biggest struggle is i feel like all of this and it's obviously not true but i feel like the majority of maybe what's felt hard could could go away if if my whole job was able to spend like five to seven hours off the floor with the leadership team consistently may like or maybe even like the store team the store leadership teams like every week and being able to like have those like not distracted by having to manage all of those details like those moments where it's like hey zoom back out you know like take some pressure off of the moments of day-to-day of labor management and 
margins and cost of goods and all things that are super, super important. Mix that with like the, you know, our, our cultural things of how we do hospitality. But if we, if we could sit together and I think we're working on solving this too, but like, man, the ideal would be able to sit in that, in a room with people and kind of go through all of those scenarios every single week and have, I'm saying five to seven hours that actually could be all of our, our meet our teams, you know, it could be two hours per team and doing all that and whatever, eight to 10, but like really getting into it weekly and just like breaking things down and not necessarily having to, having to recap, you know, okay, this is going on with a purveyor and this is scheduling and this is all that, you know, like really get into the nitty gritty of culture building and team building and, and the stuff that makes a difference. Like that is, I feel like one of the most powerful solutions. And it, it's one of those things to your point where like, it's hard because you have all of these people kind of necessary in that space to give the experience and figuring out how to make sure that there's really powerful touch points of growth outside of that is maybe a little bit of the struggle and the challenge that every cafe is going to have when you're, when you're managing all these things. Cause that that's all paid time for some of your, you know, higher paid individuals if they're in leadership that are not, I think it's really going to be impactful, but that's, that's, I think currently the challenge is how do we, how do we find our way to those places? And so I'm just, I'm hearing those things too. And I, I do get jealous when you talk about, um, base camp, right? Cause their whole life, yes, they're going to have busy work, but most of their career and their work revolves around those kind of conversations in some capacity, right? Let's get together. Let's, let's figure something out. We're going to have these, like, we could have a, they could probably have like a whole day. They could have a whole week if they wanted to of just problem solving in that, in that capacity. Maybe, maybe, maybe. not. I'm I sure mean, there's deadlines and shit too. They probably have longer hours as a whole at yeah. times. Like it'll flux. I mean, they're also I get jealous of that. Yeah, like, you know, and then the thing that you maybe wouldn't be jealous of is that they're not actually together. Well, that and like, so they that's all the live thing. all like, over that the part. Place. I would not enjoy as right? much. Like brainstorming for four hours, five yeah. hours on a Zoom call, not the same. Well, and that's the other thing that I'm that I also get jealous of sometimes is when you work. Just just take Basecamp because we're running with it. The product scales like they could have. 10 users or a million users on the platform it and runs it's it's not like the work scales exponentially mm-hmm. with the number of users they have sure and something like a physical cafe is not like that nope. at all you know to physically get a handle on you know the 8 to 20 depending on how big your cafe is like people that work at any given store or, or a restaurant or to build a new physical location it's not just this copy paste we can't we can't grow revenue mm-hmm. without pumping more money into the machine, like creating a new space. You know, right. we can in places like the partner program, but it's yeah. still a higher touch than maybe doing a tech thing. Yeah. I don't know because I'm not in tech, but it's like so because of that, they've got a really big buffer. You yeah. know what I mean? And you've got more money. They've got more money to play with. So yeah. if they want to pay for everybody to take a week and they're going to do a weird offsite thing, it's no big deal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if they grew their business by 10%, you know, quarter big, over quarter or something like that or year over year, it's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. So we are, yeah, and we it doesn't are working take smaller. They don't have to hire up in yep. proportion to that. So, and they have 
and yeah, their thing just works. So like from what I get from reading their books is like their whole job is just literally figuring out how to make this thing better. And they do that through doing things like that. Yeah. They're talking about it all the time. They're, yeah. you know, zooming or whatever. And I'm just like, damn, like that seems kind of cool. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause I mean, we do, we have like a, com- it's a complex workplace, right? I mean, we're training hard skills. We're training soft skills. We're looking at, at business metrics. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a complex space when you're looking at, all of those things contributing to delivering a, an experience that's memorable and using coffee and food as a catalyst in terms of the products that you're serving. And like, those are all skills that take time. They take energy. They're not easy skills at the level that we're trying to teach them and, and execute on them. And, you know, I don't think the world necessarily takes it for granted, but at the same time, it's, it is not, it's not like you could have, one kind of person make it all work really well or even five you know like yeah you need need a pretty legitimate team i don't think the world takes it for granted i think they are how do i say this they don't see what it could be that much that i think is what's hard that's where they they sell it short discount yeah Yeah, because it's like if you're making a broad statement about let's say service industry workers or baristas or you know anybody like that it's like for most people most of what they engage with is pretty terrible you know think about the average experience that you have at a restaurant or a coffee shop or a bar most of them are not memorable at all most of them are not experiences that you would be like dude jared you got to go to this place it's maybe you know five percent of everywhere you go is worth telling a friend about and then those ones you don't discount at all those ones you're just you know you're like rabid about it. You're like, right. dude, we have to go here. I went right. to this place. We're going to go eat there. I booked this a reservation already. We're going Saturday. You right. got plans? I don't care. We're, We're I'm taking you to this thing. You got to experience this. Yeah. And like, those are priceless. And I think people, that's like the conversation that I had earlier with the guy. He's yeah. like, dude, you're doing amazing. It's crazy. Like beyond anything I've ever seen, like people don't discount that, but there's just an opportunity for everyone to get a little bit better. And I think the reason it doesn't happen is because of all the things that we're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's not easy, dude. Yeah. It's so hard. It's, it's so hard. an overwhelming situation. And it's all of those things. It's, it's complex. It's low margin. You know, it's, I'll talk with, you know, one of the things people love to say to me, which I don't know if they say it to you too. It's like, Oh man, you guys are killing it. There's a line out the door. Yeah, like, oh, coffee is the best business. And I'm yeah. like, is coffee the best? Yeah, business? dude, it's fun, but look at the overhead. Like, if I showed you how the P and L broke down, you know, it's not the best business to be in. If we're t- talking about taking home huge swaths of money, it's yeah. just a low margin. Yeah, it's a long, high play. effort business, mm-hmm. and no wonder people are just you know. There's owners who are like, dude, I just don't have the energy to do what it takes mm-hmm. to build that experience into something memorable i'm just like getting by i'm yeah so you end up with all these mundane things and that's why i this is a whole other thing and i'm i don't know dude i like people are like pay baristas what they're worth and i'm like what are they worth like let's talk about the level of work you're actually doing Mm. you know like what do you think you're actually doing and there's you know i think there's baristas that are worth a quite a bit of money yeah which no matter how good you are as a barista, you also still are governed by the financial reality of the job that you've chosen to take, 
which is the average ticket in yeah. a cafe plus the number of people, people come that there? come through the cafe and you know paying seeing rent, that paying off the loan seeing that in the context of the realities of the business it's that that's where pay range comes from it's right. not like people are making this decision like i want to pay baristas not a lot of money it's like i physically there, can't there's a financial reality to being a barista just like there's a financial reality to being a doctor yeah you know they're different kinds of professions mm-hmm. and they have different pay ranges associated with it it's yeah. like you know and my mom's a nurse, you know, she wanted to be a nurse. She never had the illusion that she was going to make as much as any doctor. Right. And in some ways that's frustrating, but that was what she, that was what she chose. And she's like, I love this job and I just want to do it. Right. You know? And so there's that reality. Mm -hmm. And then there's the reality of how hard are you working at your craft to make you better? Because, Mm -hmm. I can tell you from when I was working in cafes, there's a whole huge range. There's someone like me. There's a huge range. Who I was talking with Mark and Weiser when we were doing some stuff at Portola. And I, because we're doing this pop up at Barista for SCA. And I was like talking about Billy. I was like, Billy's crazy, dude. I was like, Billy's the only other guy. When we were doing competition, I was like, I had my skase device out and I was. M- using it on the machines and he was the only other barista I know that had one. And they're like, yeah. what's a scase? And I was like, oh, it's a thing that you put in the blind or in a bottomless portafilter that mimics, it's like a restrictor valve that mimics the flow of espresso and it's got a thermocouple in it and you hook it up to a fluke thermometer and you can measure brew water With temperature temp in real time at the group head. And I remember, you know, interviewing at Ritual, and mm-hmm. that was one of the things that I threw on my resume. This was before I ever got a cool coffee right. job. I was like, oh, Skase. I got my own Skase device, and, you know, I got my own tampers, and I got my own this, and I got my own that, and I'm reading the blogs, and I'm on the forum, and that's me. Yeah. And I work at the same place who's someone who, this is just their part-time job. Yeah, doesn't they don't, even do microphone, dude. They don't think about coffee in any way outside of the workplace so it's like sure we're both baristas we both work at the same place we both make the same amount of money but we're not really worth the same amount nope so for everyone who's just been like pay me what i'm worth it's like are you how much are you worth you might be worth less than you think you might be worth more than you think too i'm not trying to be a hater but i'm just saying like and then recognize the whole like learn the business and don't assume Don't, don't assume that that is tough you know it's like it is easy to, you know, like you'll learn, you'll learn the numbers and be like, oh yeah, our cafe does like almost a million dollars a year. You can say, and it's like, yeah. And you're paying off like a $500,000 loan and rent on top of that. And then the payroll of what's going in. It's like those numbers end up adding up and there's not really a lot left over. And this no. is, this is a fine thing to notice. If you're a single cafe, there's not a left, not left over, a, not a lot left over. Okay. And that is most likely true if you talk to any business owner, if you're just a barista, ask them. There might be a little bit left over to the bottom line. Well, that bottom line number, right, profit, we'll call it, it's going to go into the bank. And where that money most likely ends up going is to paying for something that breaks, which will happen many times over. It might be some other funny things. It might just live in that bank to build up cash flow. But most likely, a lot of that money is is spoken for going back into the business. Right. And, And the only way to add to that bottom line, like you said earlier potentially right should everybody and this is where it's important should everybody decide to figure out a way to continue to deliver an amazing experience because opening a second cafe doesn't mean you make more money 
opening cafe means you have another place where you can do it or not. So say you double that, then the bottom line of those two cafes potentially say they're both the same doubles. Sure. But you still have taken on yet another loan to pay off. And and one of the other, sorry, just a quick well, interjection. Well, you give like, a raise. Yeah. yeah oh. Like then if, what if you give, then you give all the people in that first place a raise and that bottom line actually gets cut back to half of that again, or minimum wage goes up every single year. And that bottom line actually goes into a deficit, which for over us, minimum wage has gone over. up every year for the last Since five. We opened. Yeah. Every year we've opened, we've had a minimum wage increase. Mm-hmm. And also we've been, you know, <laughs> minimum wage is interesting too, because as minimum wage creeps, it's like, okay, a frontliner could get pretty close to a you know a middle intro manager yeah. or intro leader whatever you want to call them at your company so then you're basically it's not just the increase in minimum wage you kind of are increasing the differential on everybody too exactly because it's like you can't have the manager making as much as the person that starts mm-hmm. you know so it's it's a it's big complex yeah it's a big impact and then i have my own thoughts on whether or not that actually benefits anybody with them you know like the who knows? In, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like I mean, the insane in California and the, this inflation place. and cost of everything, living increase in everything, which is is hard. Is like is minimum is more minimum wage better or like can we control inflation? Not and unless cost? we become it's a like, lot more socialist. Yeah, so, is it helpful? Really? Kind of. I don't know, man. Who knows? Um, I mean, at this point, it's tough. And that's just that's a that's obviously like a big riff, but it's not that cut and dry. And then one of the things that we've seen is. As you get to be a certain size because of how accounts payable and accounts receivable, there's, you know, you said repairs and maintenance. There's these sure, things there's that also live outside of the standard P&L. Buy a bunch of green coffee. That eat into cash. And the the cash position has to be exponentially larger depending on the size of the company because there's right. just more things in flux. Like, more things could get weird at once. Yeah. You know, theoretically, we could have a fix-it need at all, each one of our cafes and something break in the roaster and then have a huge, like... Um, there goes all the money. You know, depending on when credit cards get charged one month or another, it's like you have to have this cash reserve in the bank or you're in danger even if there is money hitting the bottom line on the p mm-hmm. which is something that not most people talk about or no, are even I mean, aware of. I think of. most of the people who are privy to their, their company's P&Ls are like... Well, it says we, we like, whatever, we, we average $2,500 a day and that comes out, you know, look at, look at all that money. And it's like, oh, we made a 5% bottom line. That's like thir- this cafe made, like it actually made right on top of paying all the bills, like $12,000 this month or something to that effect. And it's like, well, it did make $12,000 and that went into the cash, but also you had to buy $2,000 in flatware and merch and blah, blah, so on and so forth. And so that money's you know, yeah, right. so on and so forth. Broke. Just like we said, this yeah, happened. these plates. This, and this stuff, you have to pump the grease trap this month and uh, the toilet didn't work. We had to replace the knobs. I had to repaint something. Uh, grinder broke. Had to get some grinder maintenance. Beep, 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 beep. It's just subtract, subtract, subtract. A lot of that stuff doesn't live, right, on your P&L that you look at for the cafes month to month, week to week. It lives in a, in a different space. And so it might sound like we're being crotchety. I don't actually think it does. I think no, it's just it's a picture real. for all of you baristas who are out there thinking about how you're not being treated well. Maybe maybe just try to see what's going on. And you're right. Some business owners aren't going to share all that stuff with you. And that's a, that's okay. I can tell you from our experience, you know, we've consistently taken all the opportunities to level up our company and the people who work with us year after year after year and it's absolutely been a challenge. And I'm 
I'm proud of us doing it, but it is something that you we try our best to share with the team in such a way where it doesn't stress them out. And I think that's that's our challenge, right? Is it's how do you share these things so that there's a perspective of why can't we just give raises to all these amazing people right now? And then mix it with that whole like if we manage our business really well, you know, in a, in a few months, maybe there's a chance <laughs> and then mix that with the, Hey, but don't, don't use all your time stressing out at penny pinching, use it all and looking at opportunities to make the best experience so that we can have people like that guy who talked to you earlier, Chris, come in and be like, Hey, you're setting the bar for this stuff because setting the bar for that stuff is actually when we can take that stress away, what allows everything else to happen in the future. It says that people are going to come vote with their dollars and you're going to have a a more reliable and sustainable business when you're focusing on those experiences. Yeah. I, I, I have a, um, yeah. I'm just making sure we're good. I, I, we good? Being, yeah, it's me being in charge of these friends of ours, are you know, you just charge? making sure. Dude, I mean, I'm, I'm partially, you are in charge, man. Partially, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, man. <laughs> it's just I've got we got lo- into the weeds, but they're they're we're good into the weeds. weeds. I have so many thoughts about the the topics that we're talking about, though. Especially when it is a peek behind the curtain for people, though. When you know, there's all these pushes. Like there's this huge push to unionize in coffee. There's this, you see yeah. Starbucks workers striking all over the mm-hmm. place, and all it's you know, I I firmly believe that people should have a workplace that's healthy to work in you know yeah. like you should be able to come to work do a job in an environment that is um i don't even know the best way to put it like an environment where you can grow and be able to help people and that's rad like shitty working conditions suck you know you should be able to take your breaks you know mm-hmm. you should you shouldn't have to work 60 70 whatever hour weeks like none of those things none of those things should be happening like yeah. you 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 know there there are labor laws for a reason let's go right and but on the flip side it's really easy to complain about things when you don't have a lot of skin in the game well then they assume and, there's always money in the banana stand <laughs> and it's also it's like look man there's nothing really special going on here if you feel like you have a better way or a better idea or a better thing it's i would love to see it yeah show me like show me it's like we're just a couple of guys who started a coffee shop you know there's nothing really special about us (laughs) it's like show me the money you know what i'm saying it's it's, it's not like we had trust funds and we're just caked out and it's like let's do this it's a fucking like random hobby it's 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 not like that at all you know it's like (laughs) It's not like we were like business owners. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, Jared's a business owner. It's like, no, we're just baristas who decided to open a business. And we had an idea of, that we thought could be better. And we were talking a lot of shit. So we're just like, okay. Like, at, and we had, we balked at it, it so many times, yeah. right? We're like, fuck this. We're going to do we're it. We're going to do it. And it's like, no, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't. At some point, it's like, okay. They clean, like, though. They tans. Like, let's. <laughs> they clean though. They tend, but they clean. Twenties, like that. You ain't got no twenties. <laughs> no, they they tend, but they clean. But though. I think that's that's real. It's like there, there is a way, if you have something to contribute, to figure out how to do it. And the landscape is so, you know, it's definitely not easy. It's no, but if more not- people did it and saw through on their ideas, then the level would go up, and the world would be a better place because people that have 
And there people, might be more bunny in the banana stand. People that are really passionate about what they do and have these amazing ideas of what like a workplace could be, those are the kind of businesses that I want to go to. Same. So, so the that's, businesses I want to talk to. And, yeah, and, that's like a challenge in one way, which is do you really believe all the things that you're saying? Like are you just a sideline, you know, crap talker or do you really believe in this stuff enough to do something about it and like my my best version of the world is where people believe enough in something to do something about it yeah. not just talk about it do something about it like i will go to your restaurant i will go to your coffee shop right i will go to your pop-up that's that's the that's Gives what's me up. energy yeah there's so much thing. generic stuff now and it's like dude i don't care you yeah. know who cares about it i want to Go places where people are inspired, where people are staying up late at night thinking about how could this be more amazing? Like, what is the impact that I want to have on the society that I live in? Let's fucking go, dude. Let's do it. Like, come on, man. Yeah, we are way off topic. I want to be mountains again, Gandalf. Mountains. <laughs> you know, it's like, how much are we kicking around? Like, let's go out to eat. Where? I don't know. There's only three or four places that this even town? seem interesting right it's, where do we go out to eat that one spot yeah that one <laughs> spot that we go to every time hold on hold on where's the card where did i put the card it's right here i mean that's mine but you can borrow it i thought it's about it's no, in the back of your it's cup not bro that's just my trash trying to make sure it didn't blow away that's our contribution to society our contribution <laughs> is that we i mean i think this we answered i mean it doesn't the, the cool thing about it is it doesn't really matter if we answer the question no i know it's just i'm just a saying prompt to get us going it's just a spark to start the fire dude Hey everyone, that's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places. YouTube, Instagram, we're always there sharing amazing things. All right, that's it. Thanks everyone for being awesome. We'll be back next week. <laughs>